and be brave. You're going to have the haters. The haters are there to help you. I, that's what I say. The haters are there to help you. Don't take it personally. Just take a step back and think, number one, they read or heard my story. So there's a seed planted. They, they can't say they didn't hear it or didn't see it. So I touched one life. And then also say, well, they must have some, some, some issues within themselves that is not allowing them to receive it and be happy. From cave drawings to family histories to stories around the fire, humans crave order among chaos, connection amid isolation. So we tell stories. Our mission at the Storytellers Network is to bring the art of story to the masses. Whether you're in marketing, you're an entrepreneur, or you're developing your own personal brand, telling your story effectively can make the difference between celebrating milestones and collecting unemployment. The Storytellers Network strives to help storytellers tell their stories so you can learn from the best. Now, your host, Dan Moyle. And welcome, storytellers. I'm your host, your guide, your librarian, your book junkie, your story addict with you. My name's Dan, and I love story. In fact, I love sharing the stories of storytellers I admire and those who I'm just getting to know and admire along with you. This is my jam. I believe in the power of story because it is what connects us as humans, whether we're talking about cultural stories, entertainment, business stories, just learning Story is critical to our communication. And what better way to learn how to do it better than to hear from expert storytellers from all walks of life on their stories and get to know the behind the scenes goings-ons with these storytellers. So that's what we're doing today. Now, before we get into the conversation, remember to visit the website for everything you need, past episodes and interviews, resources to help you tell your better story to help you tell your story better. Uh, it's all at the storytellersnetwork.com for all of that. Now for the show today, you are listening to another wonderful episode with a great storyteller. Candace Nadine Breen is of West African descent, uh, Cameroon and Benin, and she wears many hats, specifically three that we'll talk about, but she wears many hats. She's an author. She's a survivor. She's a former English teacher. She's a wife and a mother. And while raising her family, She returned to school and earned a master's in human services with a focus on marriage and family counseling. So she's a great listener. She was even a real estate agent for a few years, but she says that she found it unfulfilling, stressful, and time-consuming. So after taking time to open up about herself to her true path, she buried herself in metaphysical studies, earning a master's of science and doctorate in metaphysics. This human being does not stop. <laughs> uh, but she's also just a fantastic storyteller. She's the author of several books, uh, some for adults, young adults, for children. And she's an, an inspiring storyteller. So let's get to Candace Nadine Breen's stories. Welcome to the Storytellers Network, Candace. I appreciate you making time today to share your story with me. Yeah, thanks. So. Awesome. So I, I want to know, guessing that you're an, or knowing that you're an artist, you're an author, uh, I got to believe you're a storyteller, but is that something that you consider yourself? Yes, I tell a lots of stories. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I like stories, you know, I've, I never thought of myself as a um, storyteller, but I've been doing it all my life. I first started writing when I was in third grade. Wow. Third grade, I wrote a play called Down on the Farm. And I illustrated it too, because, you know, my family comes from the farm and um, that's what I knew. 
and I would, I loved creating these stories. It, the imagination helped me to escape the, what the other worlds, the world of being bullied as a kid, um, the home issues with my parents' marriage and things like that, that it helped me escape. And I made these beautiful stories and it just continued on. I would tell stories with not only writing, not only, you know, plays, but I would write um, a lot of poetry and stories and it, stories are important. I mean, it, it's, it's, I just, it's a part of my life. And, and I tell my kids stories when, yeah. when I forgot a book one time, I, I forgot to bring a book to bed with my son. He said, you didn't bring a book to read. And I said, Oh, okay. So I made up a story that ended up becoming a children's book later on. So uh, yeah. And, and has, has story been a thread throughout other areas too? You know, I look, and, and getting to know you and doing my research, um, real estate agent at one point, a teacher, yeah. you've been to, <laughs> to school yourself for education. Does the story continue through all of that as well? It does. I think our whole lives is, is an evolving story. And, um, you know, I wanted to, I always wanted to try real estate. To me, there was a story in real estate. It was the be- the insides of the homes because every house has a story. And that is what I really liked (laughs) about being in real estate. It wasn't all the, you know, the bureaucratic garbage and stuff like that. It was the houses. I mean, I came in contact with some beautiful historic houses, some supposedly haunted houses. I sold one of those. That was exciting. (laughs) Um, But... And how much awesome. does the story play a part in the haunted house sale? <laughs> oh boy, a lot. Once yeah. you start, you can do research on it and find out why. It's like the house is a person. Find out why it is the way it is. You know, what was added onto it, who lived there, what it went through. I mean, there's stories in everything. Everything has a story. And it doesn't mm. have to be uh, a living thing. Everything has a story. I think my story... Even when I was a school teacher, I have plenty of stories <laughs> from those days. And um, I would tell my husband these stories and it would just blow his mind. But yeah. everything has a story. And I think I have a lot of stories to tell. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and one of those stories, you, you made a reference to it earlier. Um, you said the word escape. You mm-hmm. use story to escape. Um, do you mind me asking, again, I did a little bit of research, so I kind of know this. Yeah, that's fine. My listeners to understand, um, what the, the young adult book that you wrote, um, Today I Feel Ugly, Overcoming yes. Negative Self-Image. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, so, so first of all, it's, it's considered young adult, but gosh, we all suffer from that, don't we? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So, so that came out of an experience for you, though. Yes, Sh- it did. Can, can you share a little bit about... Yeah. How story, why story was needed to escape? Yes. Well, um, my story in, in the house, as I grew up in a very, um, very troubling home and my parents, they were, they were at each other constantly and they were just unhappy people. Uh, I was abused as a child and, and raped by my own father. Mm. And then, you know, all the stuff that my mother told me she didn't want me she never wanted me and all of them they they were very uh they were very negative towards me like they did not celebrate my birthday they told me I was ugly and 
when your own parent tells you that as a child, you carry that with you. And they told me that all the time. They reminded me of how unwanted I was, how ugly I was, uh, how all of the, how I'd never amount to anything, they told me. Uh, and I was, they both, between them, there were six siblings, six children, including myself, not all the same fathers and mothers. So I don't have any full siblings at all. Uh, they doted upon those others. They loved them and doted them, gave them whatever they wanted. I was the one who got the moldy, moldy uh, toys and things that smelled bad. And uh, I didn't have birthday parties. They would forget my birth, forget, quote unquote, forget my birthday. Mm. And I carry that with me. And I remember I would write so, many, so much poetry during those years because, and they would tell stories but they would tell the stories in an imaginary way. I used a lot of simile and metaphor in my work because I didn't want anyone else to know. So that's why I wrote it that way. And I never studied it in school at that age. I was very young. I was probably in fifth grade when I started the poetry. So we hadn't gone really into poetry, but I just, it just came naturally. And it helped me escape with the imagery like I, I used the eagle a lot in my in those early years and i it was always something natural in nature mm -hmm. and it helped me block out everything else and feel free that's what i wanted to do was feel free and in regards to today i feel ugly uh, as a young adult i i felt horrible about myself it was many it was a many many years before i was able to see myself as okay, I'm not that bad. <laughs> I'm not that bad. Uh, I'm, I'm a good person. I don't go hurting anyone. I, I always try to help people. But I, I struggled. And I remember as, an, as a young bride, my mother had invited her wedding, thinking would have changed, but I was wrong. She, told, she wrote me a letter that I still have. And in it, she said that I looked ugly in my wedding dress that my legs were fat and that was very devastating. I mean, first of all, she couldn't see my legs because I had this huge gown on. So I don't know how she was in x-ray vision. I don't know, but, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, and not congratulations or anything like that. And that also, also put a, uh, a damper on my self image. For, and even now, I struggle sometimes because I'm human. Mm -hmm. And, sure. um, you know, when, you're, when you go through abuse, and in my 20s, I went through domestic violence uh, with a living boyfriend, not my husband today. My husband today is wonderful. Um, but that I went through that, and, you, and you, it takes a toll on you. And so when I, in writing my stories, like my first story, the After the Darkness, which explains everything and goes into so much detail, it's a tough, heavy read, but it, it took me 20 years to get it out. But telling the story and also joining the Rape Abuse National, Incest National Network and getting a chance to tell my story to other survivors or people who are just curious it helps other people with their, their own stories mm -hmm. for them to realize that, hey, there's others, there's support, and that they're not alone.
And there's so many more resources available today for people who are going through depression or negative self-image, things like that. There's some in this, and the internet is amazing for this because you meet other people, and you, you your town may not have a whole may have a whole lot of people. But you go on the internet, you can connect with other people. Mm-hmm. And that connection is so important. Totally. Yeah. Um, I, I'm. I don't know if you hear this often or if this. I'm sorry that you went through that. Thanks. Um, right. Thank you for sharing it with people so they know that they're not alone. Okay. <clears throat> um. So when you're being told this, this story, this narrative, your whole life, mm-hmm. how do you begin to unravel that narrative to begin to write your own story? Well, you know, I could not write it right away. I had written, I started um, writing it in pieces and then I would throw them away because I was still so emotionally attached to it. Mm-hmm. I had to learn for me personally what i had to do was understand what the what the people who were the um victimizers what they what they were going through what was their story Hmm. and why they that for me that everything has a story (laughs) you know there's always a why so I, i i you know did some research on my father and found out he was abused by his mother and he wasn't allowed to go to school his father abused him and made him farm and things like that. And then this, my mother's story and that they never had any um, closure to any of, they never dealt with their own story. And so that's why they, it carried over and, and it infected someone else and that person being me and then other people that they've come in contact with. Mm-hmm. Speaking, when I, when I had my first child, it was our daughter, in uh, 2008, she was born in 2008. I held her in my arms and I, something came over me. I said, I have to be more active in telling my story for this baby and for other children out there. And she, it, she was just my inspiration. And that's when I decided I'd become a speaker for the Rape Abuse National Network. I wasn't ready to write anything yet, but speaking helped me. I, I spoke at the state house in my own state in, in the city I went to school in, which was terrifying because there were some people who knew me in the audience, some people I went to school with who had no idea. And um, I was interviewed on several radio shows uh, and, you know, all of this because Rain gives speakers at the speaker bureau, the people who are on it get opportunities to tell their story mm-hmm. in different outlets because people are looking for that. That helped me get a little bit of courage, especially when people would come out of the crowd and say, thank you, you've helped me. Then I started writing a, I started writing, I started writing piece by piece on a blog, a small blog, and I shared it with my Facebook friends who, um, someone said, when you, so when are you gonna write a book? And I said, I don't know when I'm ready. Hmm. And then all of a sudden, in 2018, when that book was published, <laughs> I, it took me two weeks, I just, two weeks to, to write the, the rough draft of that book in total, wow. two weeks. And it was very, I went through a lot of emotion. I locked myself away 
uh, it was some of the parts to get through were really tough, especially the part when I was a child and when I was being raped by my father. That was the really tough, tough part. Mm. In the end, it's gruesome and it's very detailed, but I needed it to be that way because mm. telling my story was getting it out, getting it out of my body and putting it onto paper. That's how I felt it. It was healing in that way. It's getting it out and putting it on paper. Mm. So it sounds like story, especially writing your own, not only has it been therapeutic for you, it's, it's helped others. So, mm -hmm. so is it safe to say then that, I mean, again, story is what connects us and brings us to a human level where we know that we're not alone. That's right. That's right. Stories are important. You mm -hmm. know, um, back in tribal days, I suppose all the, el the elders would tell stories and then the children who would hear those stories would remember those stories and they would tell the next generation when they became adults and stories would be passed down oral tradition. And now we have the internet and all sorts of things to get stories across. Mm -hmm. I mean, journalists wouldn't have any stories to tell if nothing, the, nothing went on. Right. <laughs> so, right. <clears throat> how, hear stories every day. So. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So how do you switch between a heavy story like that mm. and like your children's books or maybe yeah. your art? How, mm -hmm. how, how does that work for you as a, as a storyteller, mm -hmm. as a creative? Well, see, I, I call myself, I had different, uh, I had, you know, like I said, I had to get it out. When I got it out, I was done. And okay. I was able to free myself to be, get back into that, that childhood area that I didn't have, you know, the imagination, the cute drawings, I love drawing. So the, you know, cuteness and all that stuff that I did not have. I was eight, since I, I healed, not totally, but I got rid of all of that pain and everything, put it on paper, put it out to the world and I was done. I said, I'm not writing any more memoirs, I'm done. Mm -hmm. um, and I was able to, it was as if something uh, came out of my body. Mm -hmm. And I was able to find that little girl again who was stopped abruptly from whatever and yeah. be her again, play, you know, be that child person, enter that fantasy world. Um, and, and it's okay to be in that. Like also being a mystic, I'm always in the fantasy. So I, I, I disappear into that world. Even with my paintings, I disappear into it. And uh, I'm, I'm free to be that, that part that I was missing and having children, who are young, it also helps as well because they love imagination and being in their worlds and stuff. And I'm right there with them. My daughter, she's 11, but she still tells me she has a fairy friend outside and she leaves stuff for her fa fairy friend. And that's oh, cute. That's awesome. Yeah. So I can hear a lot of, a lot of what you love about storytelling. <clears throat> yeah. What is your, what is a challenge that you face as a storyteller that you have to overcome? Um, Sometimes I doubt myself. <laughs> that's, mm -hmm. I think that's a human thing. I, I doubt my work. I, I just published, a, a, just recently, I think it was last week, <laughs> a book called Cuddly Cat. And yeah. I drew all the artwork and everything. And it was, uh, it was a little, I, I doubt it myself. It, 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 we're, we're all very, uh, our worst enemy, our own worst enemy. <laughs> Glad so, to know I'm not alone. <laughs> So that's, that's a challenge. You know, you know, I have to, you know, I have to be more, more loud about what I 
have to offer and not think that it's boasting or being conceited or whatever it's self-promotion and i just have to be better at it that's some of my challenges is being better at it i mean now that i narrowed down my three what i call my three hats i'm able to work in those three areas and focus because sometimes also it seems like i'm working 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 and i'm not seeing any anything until I love paintings that I've done all this, all this, these pages of writing and things like that. So sometimes it feels that you're not doing anything because it's not like um, we're building a, I don't know, making a building a building or something where right. our, work, our work is different. You don't see everything right away. You, you have to do the work mm -hmm. and doing, when you're doing the work, you don't really see the progress you've made until you stop and then turn around basically. Mm -hmm. so those are my challenges <laughs> all right what's been the most rewarding part of that work that you just described oh boy i go to a lot of events you know i do a lot i love that because i love meeting people mm. and that I, you know i need to get out the house i need to meet some people <laughs> <laughs> amen amen <laughs> <laughs> so when i go to these um the events uh and i see this i hear someone say that this book has made a difference or they get happy when they see have seen my my painting and they want it. It's not about the buying. It's about really about the the um, how people react to it okay. and how they're touched by it. It's touching someone. What I see as a painting, what my how I initially want to paint do a painting or a drawing. Someone else may see as interpret it differently, and it may be that that person needed that piece that I was creating that piece for that person, not knowing it, and it affects them. And it's to me, it's beautiful. I love being able to touch lives. You're, you're creating a piece for someone that you don't even know yet. That's right. That's, That's what right. a beautiful way to look at that. That's right. I love that. Um, <clears throat> taking that as a note. Cause I want to remember yeah, that. That's good. <laughs> that's good. It's so true. So Candace, when, when you're in the midst of creating, mm -hmm. or let's say you're a little bit tapped out and you need to go find inspiration. We talked before we started recording about your inspiration. Yes. Would you mind sharing that with, with listeners? I want them to hear sure. where you get your inspiration from. Yeah. I'm an earthy girl, a nature girl. I love being out in nature and that's how I start my day. Uh, it took me a while to, you know, settle on that and do it because I thought I would have to go to the gym or whatever, but I don't. So after I drop the kids off to school, or even if they are not in school, I go for my, my walk every morning out in nature. I love it. I love the trees. And it's funny. I collect, I, I collect lichen, you know, old man's beard mm -hmm, because we mm -hmm. have so many trees and I have a, I have a jar in my room. I'm going to make something one day. I don't know what but some kind of recipe of not an edible recipe, a medicinal recipe, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, some kind of salve or something. And um, uh, like when I go out and go for my walk, I'll see them on, on branches or on trees that are on the ground and I'll take them, put them in my pocket. And I mean, I get so happy. It sounds so crazy, but I get so happy when I do my, my nature walks. It's the same route every day, but every day I see something different. And it's just something about, we have a lot of trees. It's just something about being outside that just fills me, fills me up and makes me ready. It's better than any coffee. Now I love coffee, but 
nature, I mean, being out gives me a high that's so better than any cup of coffee I could make. Mm -hmm. And when it's spring and in the fall, my two favorite seasons, mm -hmm. I'm in my, I love the garden. I can't deal with summer, the humidity, it's just too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> but my, my, we have a beautiful property here with, with trees and woods and, and all sorts of animals that go bouncing up through the woods and a nice private yard. Um, and a big garden that I've, you know, worked on, work on myself. And that's my, that's my favorite, favorite, favorite place in the world. I have a stone bench and there's a nice arch in the entrance with, uh, flowers and, um, I grow morning glories up them and some ivy. It's just, I just sit there and I'm, I, I and I disappear into, disappear into the earth, you know, mm -hmm. the, the universe. And I love it. And it's beautiful. And, and, and I, I wouldn't have thought of Rhode Island as that kind of a setting. That's really oh, yes. interesting. We have some woods. We have yeah. some. We have some woods here in Rhode Island. Oh yes, we do. I mean, the city, Providence, not so much. Yeah. But out, you know, once you get away from the city and get in the the suburbs and the rural areas, we got some trees. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of trees. Yeah, and and it's interesting because that's such a. It it makes me think of you know d d depending on your faith where we come from. Mm -hmm but it all comes back to we are of this earth right we were you could either believe that mm -hmm. a, a god brought up dust and breathed life into it or you can believe that we came out of a single cell you can believe whatever but truly we are of this earth so getting back to that creation yes you know take your shoes off put your feet in the grass like oh, that's yes. that's what we, that's our that's our whole mo here we uh, the kids run outside with no shoes on i yes. do too <laughs> we are we we're a no shoe family. Like you have to leave your show, your your um, shoes in the mudroom or in the garage. You can you're not allowed to bring shoes. We don't have shoes in the house. Yeah, it's just no. We 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 touch. We become. It's, it's, there's a connection when you touch and when you become. You become part of. Like you go outside. So we we go through the house and go through the sliding glass doors outside, and it's just the, putting your feet in the in that grass oh it's so amazing it's amazing because we we are all connected some people don't realize that they think there's separation but we are not physical forms just physical forms we are all particles vibrating at a certain level to make it appear solid I'm getting into my my metaphysical stuff but <laughs> that's absolutely true that's how I feel. And, and we're not just, we divide ourselves up by, by color, by race, by religion. And it's, it's just so wrong. It's just so wrong because we are, we are all one. And what we're trying to do here on this earth is learn, learn and help on whatever level we are, uh, whatever level of existence we are. And then when our spirit leaves our bodies, we go, if we've learned enough sufficient stuff for that level, then we go to the next level of existence and the next and the next. And what we're doing is trying to get back to that oneness that we are all at such a high vibration that we are no longer form. Mm. That's my thing. It's <laughs> a beautiful way to look at it. That's beautiful. So you said, um, you said that the word help jumped out at me yeah. and that how can we use stories every day in our everyday oh. lives to, to help in some way? Oh, there's stories in everything. There's stories, as I keep saying, there's stories in everything. And someone may need to, may get some lesson from your story. It, you don't, you may not know it. 
but just tell your story. Whatever story it is, tell it because someone is going to be helped. Mm-hmm. Someone is going to be, uh, even this in my little children's story, um, uh, for instance, the rainbow ribbon, um, that was, that was definitely a fancy, a fancy fantasy story. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, there, my husband read it and he said, Oh my goodness, I learned something from this. I learned that, you know, you have to be true to yourself and blah, 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 and helping the village, help the people in your village, see who they are, all this stuff. Yeah. But you, you just tell your story because, and tell it out loud, tell it, spread it, tell it to someone. Don't keep it. Don't keep your story. You have to share it because someone that you don't know will benefit or that person will carry it to someone else who will benefit. So that's my encouragement. When people are saying, I want to tell my story, but I can't write, I said, well, record it. You have YouTube, record it and then share it. Don't keep it. Don't keep your story. That's one thing. We're selfish if we keep our stories. You're forming an attachment, which is what we're not supposed to do. It's just like an artist painting. That, you know, of course, there are some of my artwork that I, I do keep. But some, you know, I, I learned a long time ago, you cannot attach yourself to that painting because you you end up with a, a room full of paintings and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and no, not enough wall space to put them on. Right, right. So no impact on the be, world. Yeah. Exactly. You're not affecting anyone. It's not making a difference in anyone's life. Um, the things that we do affect other people if we share them, which in turn, in, which in turn either elevates or depresses the 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 vibration of the universe and we need to help the universe our our earth needs us more than ever now you know if you whether or not you believe in global warming you can't deny what's going on the polar bears are losing their homes and Mm -hmm. it's because of the choices we make Mm -hmm. someone out there needs to tell a good story about how we can for instance, using my polar bear example, you know, better take care of the environment so the polar bears won't be losing their homes. Someone needs to tell a story, a very good story to affect people so that they will be able to do something and make a difference. Mm-hmm. Mm, so good. Um, you mentioned, sure. <laughs> so good. You, uh, you mentioned YouTube. Uh, so tools, we have so many tools available today. It's amazing, okay. right? Yeah. But they're also maybe not always amazing. You said earlier the internet is, is fantastic, but it also has other sides to it. Oh, yes. So positive or negative, how mm-hmm. has the tool of social media affected your storytelling as, as a craft? Well, I mean, there's always those little, oof, goodness, those little unfavorable people with their comments who come in and say something bad. But I don't, I don't take them as I... I take them as something because something to help me. I turn the negative into a positive and use it to help myself become stronger. For instance, I once got a very negative review about my very popular first book, um, Mm. After the Darkness, that has received, I mean, I've sold so many copies, audio copies and ebook and print. And I I looked at a negative review of it. And at first I was crushed. I said, this was my blood, sweat, and tears. This was my soul that Mm -hmm. I shared with the world. And it took me a moment. And then I realized, okay, 
all right, that person may be receiving it that way, but they received it. It may not positive, make a positive impact on their life right now, but they're aware. And that's what it did. It, it creates a little light bulb in their head. They're aware that this happens. So if they meet someone, I mean, because the people will resist, they will resist. But if they meet someone and they notice that person is looking a certain way or they notice the signs of a person being abused, my story will click in their head hmm. and they will be aware. Whether or not they do something, that's, they may not be at that point yet. Mm-hmm. But that's how I feel. I feel that those people who respond angry, it's because they weren't, they're not ready yet, but they will be, they will be maybe Do not you, in this lifetime, but in another lifetime, cause they have to, or they're going to keep, um, reincarnating on the same level. They never right. get anywhere. Right. And to use kind of maybe your vernacular, um, you've planted a seed Yes. and it's going to be watered. That's You'll right. See it. We may never see it come to fruition, but that's at some right. point it will. Okay. That's right. So that's how I feel. It's all seed planting. You're making this beautiful garden. That, you know, it's going to be a beautiful garden someday. Mm-hmm. It is. Just yep. not, you may not, it may not happen all at once. A flower may not bloom for, I don't know, maybe, a, maybe like asparagus. So asparagus takes, what, four years? <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, four years. <laughs> but maybe like an asparagus, it takes some, some time. So, you know, it may not be a morning glory that you planted and it's growing. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, that, that's how I, that's how I feel. I, I mean, I've, I've learned not to digest those comments from those people who are who are resisting or who appear to be angry. Hmm. Um, I don't die. I said, look, I said my story. I said my story. I feel good that I said my story. And there is a seed planted, whether or not they want to admit it. Mm-hmm. That's how we should see. Yeah. That's how we should see those comments, because you when you read something it does it does become part of you or hear something it becomes part of you whether or not you you remember it it's it's in your brain somewhere mm-hmm. and it'll come out when it comes out and what a great perspective to take into it uh, those of us who create and put it out in the world we will receive oh, yes. negativity yep but that's a great a great uh, piece of advice to think about that um what other advice do you have for storytellers who want to get out there? If they're ready to, okay, I'm going to face the haters someday, but I'm, I'm ready. How do you get your story out there today? What are you, what are you doing? Um, well, again, we have lots of technology, mm-hmm. lots of technology. If you're not ready to write, then start small. It depends on how much you're ready to chew off. You can go on things like pod B if you want to do voice stuff, pod bean, or blog talk radio or you know computers you can even record your own stuff on computers as an mp3 or mp4 i mean an m4 i think it's m4a something like m4a that. for video yeah yeah yep. m4a video and um and then you can share it you can share it on social media and you can build yourself that way you can start a blog um you can start articles and, and go to these uh places like um Uh, like or hub pages you can start that way and where so you can um you don't have to pay to do those things you just get your story and they will they do the promotion Mm -hmm. so start you know if you're if you're not if you're ready then start don't wait and it's always good to listen to other 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 things in that the field that you're interested in 
if you want to look at a radio show that talks about parenting, if you, you want to talk about parenting, go look, go check out other radio shows mm -hmm. that talk about parenting. Get some, get some ideas of how you may want to do your, how, how you want to tell your story. Or there's even, uh, there's some com com uh, comedy parenting shows. that's quite funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, parenting can be funny, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it can. So uh, you can do those, those as well. If you're, if you have a story and you're ready, get out there, get out there. There's no excuse really. There's no excuse because there is technology. If you have a computer, you can do most anything. You have a laptop, you can do anything. You can do so many things. I mean, my laptop was my best friend when I, and this is my what second or third laptop um uh when i first started with my my little radio show back in the day that exploded my my candidly candace show my laptop was my best friend yeah, absolutely <laughs> I, I was able to dive into a whole a, a whole new different galaxy it yeah. was fantastic no doubt there's so uh, many things available yeah and, that, and that's good just just get out there and do it do it <clears throat> you can't you can't run a marathon if you don't take the first step or whatever right. other cliche but yeah and be brave. You're going to have the haters. The haters are there to help you. I, that's what I say. The haters are there to help you. Don't take it personally. Just take a step back and think, number one, they read or heard my story. So there's a seed planted. They, they can't say they didn't hear it or didn't see it. So I touched one life. And then also say, well, they must have some, some, some issues within themselves that is not allowing them to receive it and be happy with, mm -hmm. with it. Absolutely. So. And I like that you said, be brave. Something that I think of is that bravery oh, yeah. is not the absence of fear. Mm -hmm. You can't have courage or bravery without fear. So if you're that's afraid, right. that's okay. Just that's fine. take one step. That's right. I'm afraid all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. I'm afraid all the time. Even though I've done like uh, done things a million times, there's still that fear. My husband, my husband tells me this all the time, which, but he's a, he's a teacher by day, but he's a teacher, but um, his, his career that he's had his, ever since he was a teenager is a, a, a musician and a vocalist. Mm. He sang on St. Martin in the Island. He's been everywhere mm. singing and playing. And he, he tells me he still, before, when he initially gets on stage, he still is afraid. He's still afraid, but he, you wouldn't know it. <laughs> You wouldn't know it. He has the most beautiful voice and he plays so well. You do not see any amount of fear on his face at all. But he's, he says, I'm afraid every time, mm -hmm. every time I get up there. Hmm. That's, that's comforting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What a creative family you have. Um, uh, they're a bunch well, of creative people. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So with all the different hats you wear, Candace, yeah. what does making it look like for you as a storyteller in this whole world that you're in? Uh, you know, I'm not going to say money because that really, that's not important. Yeah. Um, making it, quote unquote, making it, it's just being able to share, just doing what I'm doing, actually. Mm. I think I'm making it because I'm sharing, I'm doing what is my passion. Doing what, making it for me, even when I was a t stuck in a, a role as a, a public school teacher, when I was there, it was some 11 years of, oof, mm. it was just, you know, not what I wanted, but, yeah. um, I, you know, making it 
to me is doing what you love and and just throwing caution to the wind and just doing it and following it following my passion and just doing it which is what i'm doing and i'm able to balance that and being a mom and a wife you know i i have my my have my work day schedule just like anyone else except that i work at home and then when afternoon rolls around, I got I got to put on my mom hat and my, you know, go pick up the kids homework, you know, mommy taxi. And then my husband comes <laughs> home and I got to be wife. And, and I want to say I'm to me, my life is good. I'm living the good life and I'm doing my passion and I'm giving, giving. And that's to me, that's so crucial, making a difference in the universe helping to raise the earth's vibration. It's a noble, a noble cause. I like that. Thank you. It's all true. So that's how I feel. It's how I feel. It's not a bunch of poofy stuff. It's, it's absolutely true. I know, you know, people ask me, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want for Christmas? I like, I don't want anything. Don't give me anything. I don't want anything. Hmm. I don't. You may, if you want to give me some gloves for gardening, that's fine. But I have gloves. I don't need any. <laughs> <laughs> right. I want, I want your time. That's what I want. That's right. right. Yeah, how about you help me in the garden every now and then? You know, so, yeah. So that's, that's how I feel. When I was a child, I was a child and I was going through the tough life at, at home. I always would wish, you know, for my birthday or for whatever I said, if I had a wish, I just want to be happy hmm. and to have love. And mm. right now I have an abundance of it. Mm. You know, we're a very lovey, huggy family. Um, and we have two cats who are big babies <laughs> and they're uh-huh. very lovey. And it's just, it, to me, it's, it couldn't be better. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't, isn't it? So we're a cat family. Isn't it funny how everybody thinks that cats are just so aloof and never lovey. Oh. Our, oh. Ours are super lovey. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're love bugs. I mean, they're rescue cats too. We rescued them from some very terrible situations and you know now they're plump and, and happy <laughs> and that they love happy too then i'm kind of plump <laughs> that's, right. that's right it means you're not starving that you're happy yeah. come on that's right. So. <laughs> that's right that's awesome well i'm gonna get to my last question here in just a minute but i want to make sure candace that you have a chance to tell everybody where to connect with you where do you send people to make sure they know where candace is well, besides Googling me, you can Google me and they'll come with, you know, lots of pages about me. No, <laughs> you yeah. can also just on the all access website, um, CandaceNadineBreen.com. And that's C-A-N-D-A-C-E-N-A-D-I-N-E-B-R-E-E-N.com. And uh, that's has links to everything. I read it, show everything. Good. I'll put that in the show notes as well. So, Thank you. Uh, check those up. Um, so Candace, if I don't even know if this is possible for you as a storyteller, but if somebody were to say to you, you can no longer be a storyteller, what would your final story have to be that you'd leave behind? First of all, I tell, I tell them that's impossible. Um, <laughs> because even when I'm gone, there's still a story going on. Mm-hmm. Even if, even if my soul was, were to leave my body today and I could not speak or tell any more stories, I left something behind. And the more that it is listening to or read or heard, it's still being told. I like that. Yeah. That's a good story to leave behind. Yeah. It's just not done yet. That's it's great. It's not done. 
<laughs> Excellent. Well, Candace, thank you again for taking time to share your story with the, the, the listeners. And uh, yeah, just thank you. Thank you so much for having me on and keep doing what you're doing. Once again, Candace, thank you so much. You can connect with her at the links in the show notes. Enjoy the episode. Be sure to share it with someone who might benefit from it or might just enjoy the conversation, social media, uh, sharing in person, send a personal email, text somebody, all of that helps spread the word on these conversations with storytellers that we're having. Let's change the world through story together, shall we? And if you want to share your story with me, go to thestorytellersnetwork.com to connect or email me directly, dan at thestorytellersnetwork.com. Be sure to subscribe as well uh, on the page there. Thank you for joining me on this journey together. Until next time, here's to telling our stories and having stories to tell. Cheers. Cheers.